Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe you have goals to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to. Well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season. Well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul to Leon Taylorine, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, we continue our conversation with various candidates for public office here in the state of Indiana. And joining us in studio today is Mark Hurt. Mark is uh, running for Congress in the 5th Congressional District, that is Hamilton County and a good chunk parts of the north of Indianapolis. So, Mark, my friend, uh, first of all, Happy New Year. Thank you very much for being with us. Great to be here with you, Abdul. So how's our how's the race going so far? Even though it's only halfway halfway into halfway into January. Yeah, this is when one really builds the ground game, get your volunteers in place, but uh, more importantly, constant fundraising. So uh, each week you're trying to build momentum. Um, so how's the, how's the organization going? How's the fundraising going? Things are going well. Um, the first FEC report will be February 10. Since I'm not a millionaire, I'll be relying on a lot of the smaller donations. And uh, $3,300 is the maximum an individual can give. It's been interesting to see some of my opponents. They might take 6600 but you have to put half of that in a reserve, and you can only use half. So uh, how is it uh, – there, there is a uh, sort of a money thing. you got Chuck Goodrich running, uh, who's uh, popped a million bucks and some change in his race. Uh, also, uh, you've got, uh, I want to say, uh, Roger Dindala, uh who's who dropped some money in his race as well. How do you compete with, with, with folks who can self-finance in a, in a primary? Yeah, we had another millionaire, Sid Madrada. I noticed he's moving over to the 6th District to run in the Great Pence seat. Uh, I think for us, robust digital marketing will be a must if we're not buying as much TV time. It's interesting, a lot of the TV ads might go to Bloomington, Greenwood, Indianapolis, voters that aren't in the 5th District. So you can't be a little more efficient customize your approach with that uh, i'm fortunate to have a filmmaker that's a friend who's done uh, two bios so far and he hasn't charged me for that so <laughs> those little uh types of uh relationships help help greatly yeah we call those in-kind contributions <laughs> <laughs> he's been very kind uh so what are the big issues in the fifth district uh you know nationally i think it's much like the fifth district uh, they're saying the economy and inflation's number one immigration's number two uh, and I'm hearing that from a lot of people. Uh, you'll, we saw Trump got over 50% in Iowa last night uh, in the uh, Iowa caucus. So uh, I think people will start to move to the presidential election. Uh, that That's a big one. Uh, this district, it's interesting. Hamilton County's 44% of the vote. So 56% of the votes, five other counties, they are much more agricultural oriented. So you'll hear talk, you know, farmers that need Internet if they're going to compete. Uh, you'll be in Marion, and it's uh, we need an apprenticeship program. So the president at IWU was telling me they're developing a, a child care center. He's losing workers because they don't have child care. But then with that, the auto industry is funding some of the uh, uh, mechanic uh, training programs, uh, plumbers, heating, cooling, and they're not going with a four-year degree, so they're getting certification. There's a shortage of workers in a lot of these jobs. It's interesting because if you look at the fifth district, uh, it, is, it is literally a, a microcosm of America. It is you know urban areas, you know like Carmel, 
uh, Noblesville. Also, it's you know suburban areas. It's also rural areas. So how do how do what 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 is the message that you take to those voters in those three sort of separate types of environments? Yeah, I think each culture has its own approach. And Fishers and Carmel have passed South Bend, four and five in population, and a lot of the more white collar professionals, college educated, be a little bit more like your New Hampshire uh, electorate in this presidential primary, might be different than some folks that didn't go to college, uh, more agrarian viewpoints out in the uh, other uh, other counties, Muncie, Anderson, Marion, Kokomo. And you've got a larger union presence in places like Kokomo, 6,000 jobs there at the transmission plant. So I think you have to understand the pulse, the heart of the people, and then talk in their language. Uh, I find for me, most important things to remember, I have two ears, one mouth. <laughs> so I need to listen and learn, you know, along the way. Our guest on the program today uh, is Mark Hurt. Mark is a candidate in the 5th Congressional District, uh, that is uh, Hamilton County and a, a couple of the counties uh, uh, north of Indianapolis. Uh, we're talking about uh, the upcoming races. And so as we have our conversation, as we get uh, to the primary, we're going to bring in, bring in lots of candidates on. Uh, Mark, you also had a plan to deal with a deficit. And our, and our national debt is, is sort of a, an esoteric type threat because it, uh, I want to say the most recent, we, we ran up like $33 trillion. $33 trillion. And that's like a tall... Single dollar bills, solid in the Empire State Building and the Sears Tower in Chicago. So what is your plan to, to deal with the debt issue? Yeah. Well, first, you've got to preserve and protect Social Security and Medicare. So you make sure that that program people paid into is protected and you've got to honor that. Uh, secondly, the appropriations process has to change. I like the new leader. I think you have to have timely appropriation bills where there's amendments in committee, transparency, and that same thing happens on the floor with firm deadlines so that you don't get the Christmas trees with the lobbyists drafting the language that the members haven't read. And it passes at the end, you know, 12 o'clock at night and it's you can't shut down government. Uh, I think you have to justify spending. And I, I had an article. Uh, I'll leave one of these with you. But one of the things I was speaking of was the uh, budget approach that many companies use, Nestle, Unilever, uh, Coca-Cola, uh, nothing's hidden, transparency, uh, zero-sum budgeting, where you've got to justify any new spending. A lot of people don't realize that our current process, you have an automatic 3%, 4% increase in spending if you say you're holding uh, spending uh, level. So in all these agencies, I think we need a justification of why you need your money and why don't we make cuts. And uh, I'm not one that wants to eliminate the Department of Education, but that might be an example. You know, it wasn't created until the Carter administration, and the bureaucracy's really grown. And in taming the beast, let's focus just on states that need help in special education, Title I and II, but not create these ideology programs, all these extra jobs. Um, a lot of growth in the federal government right now. When you look at the federal government and its budget, and I know this because my dad was an auditor uh, for the Army for years before he passed away, uh, one of the things that they, they would say is that uh, apart from most of our budget is Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, and the part that we – and defense. And what we, what we consider the federal budget is really only like maybe like 10 15 percent. So I guess my question is can you cut your way uh, with dealing with those, with those you know, education, commerce, uh, environment – without going after or looking at Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare reform? 
Yeah, I, I, I think you can, and you have to be systemic, and you can't just wave the white flag and give up and say we're not going to deal with the problem. Because with interest rates, that debt we owe to China right now financing the debt, it's growing at a staggering pace. So I think you, you start making cuts in each agency budget. And, uh, you know, you take the Department of Defense, people will make the jokes about, well, this screwdriver costs 500. Well, you got to go back to the engineering. Is that type of screwdriver required? Is that part important uh, to get that system in place? I'm finding in the wars right now, you know, it's one in technology. You get these uh, pilots that are in space uh, and they've got systems where they can see miles away who's coming in, who's going out. We're doing things in Iran. I heard a story about one of our pilots uh, flew upside down right with an Iranian jet that was going in to attack a drone system in Israel. And he said, we want you to turn around and go home. Well, they didn't even know he was there. But these, uh, these technologies uh, that are in the planes, that's key to winning the war now. So we have to be ahead of China, uh, whether it's artificial intelligence, whether it's weapon systems. That's a constitutional issue. You got to maintain your defense, and that—that's so much technology now. Our guest on the program today is Mark Hurt. Uh, Mark is a candidate for Congress in the Fifth Congressional District, and so we're uh, we bringing you the the number of different candidates from a number of public offices uh, between now uh, and the May primary. Uh, you mentioned uh, in the in the couple of seconds ago uh, the uh, situation in Iran. Uh, what is your position on foreign policy, particularly the fact that you know, we have a war in Ukraine we have to deal with? Also, a situation in Israel, uh, we have to deal with the Chinese being aggressive when it comes to Taiwan. So so what is Mark Hurt's uh, foreign policy? United States policy has always been the shipping lanes are a vital interest to the United States. Fifteen percent of our shipping goes through the Red Sea and Suez Canal. So if we don't protect that region, what you're going to see are higher gas rates. Uh, that leads to higher or gas prices will lead to higher inflation and you'll find a, a disruption in the supply chain. So these Houthis that are disrupting the lanes, that can't happen. And we've started to knock out some of the installations that are shooting off the, uh, the drones to disrupt shipping. And uh, I think if they keep uh, moving forward with more drone strikes, we'll go deeper into those Houthi capabilities. Hezbollah has 10% the firepower, 10% stronger than Hamas when you look at uh, the amount of firepower. So uh, they just hit today a what they claim was an Israeli spy agency by our embassy in Iraq. Uh, you're, you're seeing things mount up. What I, I see happening in the Middle East will be growing pressure on Israel to come to a ceasefire. Kissinger, before he died, was saying perhaps uh, Jordanian troops policing the Gaza Bank. 24,000 dead there now. We had about 1,400 killed when they invaded Israel and uh, raped and attacked women, children, just very sad, elderly people. I, uh, I would stand up for Israel. That's our democracy, our friend. And uh, it's interesting, you got a lot of Arabs that are fighting is in the Israeli army to defend the Jewish state. So uh, I've been a strong believer of standing up for Israel. Uh, with Iran, you can't let them get the weapons-grade uh, uranium and become a nuclear threat, and they're very close to that. Where they do that in Ferdo, it's miles in the ground, and you'd have to have a lot of different bunker-busting bombs just to reach that. So uh, I think you, you don't 
allow Iran to have, uh, you don't give them money and you put sanctions on their programs. And uh, this element in Lebanon with Hezbollah, I think you have to deal with them. Uh, Israel's an interesting country. Uh, a lot of these tunnels that were built, uh, it's going to take a long time to go through and destroy the tunnels. And our intelligence is telling us that for two years, many of the workers going over and working in Palestine were coming back and in giving intel. And much like Camp Atterbury, they were building cities and preparing uh, for their attack. And then they timed it when a lot of the soldiers were on a religious holiday, much like the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago. You had uh, only people knowing when they were going to attack and where were the squad leaders. Um, so I think right now it's slow, but you go through these tunnels, you destroy them, and you take out this capability to come in and Do you think this really shot the ball on their intelligence and all this? Because how do you build a town literally from literally a, a mile away from the border? Yeah, it shows they were too dependent on uh, computer technology and not enough uh, embedded in the uh, human uh, agents on the ground. It, it's amazing to me that they didn't know the attack was coming. So, yeah, there was a failure. And I think uh, Likud and uh, we'll see if uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Netanyahu means from God, if uh, he's going to win against Benny Gantz. And I saw a poll yesterday. There was an election today, 24% going National Unity Party, 22% going Likud. And there was less uh, representation on the extreme fringe parties. So uh, I think many Gantz's position's been gaining, but you never count Netanyahu out because he's he's been a survivor and you know he lived through Entebbe and he's been a strong leader, someone they needed. But I do, yeah, there was definitely an intelligence failure, and that would be shared among all in the intelligence community. Mark Hurd with us, uh, candidate for Congress in the 5th Congressional District uh, for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, Mark, I want to uh, bring the attention a little bit closer to home. A big issue is the border. Yes. Uh, border wall. My theory with walls is that walls don't necessarily work because you can climb over a wall, you can climb tunnel under a wall. Uh, so what is your position on border and border security? Mm -hmm. It's multifaceted. I know the Senate's negotiating with the White House now. I think Biden's very smart if he tries to do a lot of things Republicans want to do. What's that mean? If you're migrating from Ecuador, Honduras, that means you go to an embassy and you try to get a, a work permit or a visa there, you don't come up to Mexico. So I think you stop the migration and that would help Mexico to a degree too. Secondly, I think you get your military involved down on the border. I see in Ecuador, you know, the gangs, the drug gangs overtook the prison, uh, took control of media stations. And down in Latin America, we cannot allow communism and the drug cartels to grow and just destabilize governments. So I think that we need to really focus on helping the people economically. I have friends that own a ranch on the border near Tucson. Another friend over by Phoenix, they want to have workers come over and work. There's a shortage of workers. So you have to modernize the visa system. I believe for people that have been in the United States and they've paid taxes, they followed the law and they've been here, say, 10 years. You give them a pathway to citizenship. Going to Baylor for the graduate program, what I saw down in Texas is there's a river that meanders and there is no wall. So you got to have great, uh, great uh, radar technology to stop some of the people that are coming across. Small piece of the puzzle is this citizenship uh, issue with birthright citizenship. 
no country should allow Chinese or Jordanese or 152 countries to fly in, have a baby here, and you're automatically a naturalized citizen. So I think you, you stop the birthright citizenship. That's another element. This has a big impact on our budget. Uh, one time I saw Texas spending $2 billion a year, Arizona and California $1 billion a year, uncompensated health care. This might be prenatal, postnatal care, people coming in illegally into the border. So I think you take illegal people back, you don't let them back in. We really tighten the border, strengthen the military and ICE. I think you're going to have to increase the salaries of the ICE personnel, uh, very underpaid. That's not just people on the ground, but the computer agents and people that are working to stop human trafficking. Uh, final question for you. We've got a couple minutes left here. Uh, uh, one of your opponents in the race or competitors in the race, uh, Roger Chantala, uh, he supports medical marijuana for yes. at, at, the, at the national level. For, for, he opposes recreational, uh, but uh, is a big believer in uh, medical. I'm a big fan. Just legalize it and just don't do it at home. So what is Mark Hurt's position on marijuana legalization? We've had talks about this in the past, and Raj, who's a friend. Uh, you know, I've seen recent studies out of Yale showing that consistent marijuana use is leading to more psychosis, and it's leading to some mental health problems. Uh, as a prosecuting attorney, uh, I used to prosecute drug driving and drunk driving. And when you look at the data in Colorado and the surrounding states, uh, I saw a lot more serious bodily injuries and a lot more fatalities from the drug driving. So I think there are negative consequences from legalizing. I would not take Raju's approach. I respected Governor Holcomb and saying he wouldn't do anything in Indiana till the FDA would see the efficacy and legalize the drug. That said, I talked to a lot of veterans, and coming back from military duty, they need some palliative relief, and doctors want to prescribe medical marijuana. I'm not opposed in those instances for that type of medicinal treatment. Uh, but uh, these other issues, uh, I think, are, are strong reasons why you don't legalize marijuana. And I don't know that we agree, but I, I've always seen it as a gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah. I just have a gummy, go home, don't get behind the wheel of a car and call it a day. If someone wants to find more information about uh, your campaign, where can they go, Mark? MarkHurt.org. Uh, one can go there. We put out a monthly reform article each week, uh, each month, and then they can donate there and follow us as we're on the campaign trail. Things will start to heat up with Lincoln dinners, Lincoln Day dinners, and the uh, breakfast during the month of March. Early voting start in April. May 7 is our uh, primary election this year. All righty. Well, our guest on the program has been Mark Hurt, a candidate for Congress in the 5th Congressional District, taking the place of trying to want to fill the seat of being vacated by uh, incumbent Victoria Sparks. Mark, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you. Abdul, always good to see you. Thank you for your time. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.